You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Happy New Year. How's everybody? Everybody is good? Good morning. And I am just so honored just to be with you. I feel a little, I feel a little hot. My mic feels a little hot. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the presence of the Lord. I was not trying to say that I'm hot in that way, guys. Come on. Get your minds out of the gutter. Just kidding. I'm excited about, about this, this morning and just getting, just getting started in a new year. I, I, I honestly was thinking, I was just, I don't know what year 2021 was like, but I couldn't <laughs> think, I think sometimes God does this to me. I couldn't think about bad things that happened last year. And I just began to thank the Lord for what, what 2021 was like. I just began to celebrate the victories, and I began to celebrate the good things, and I was having, I was having a hard time. First, I found myself in this place of trying to remember bad things, and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you even doing that? And so I just began to celebrate what, what had happened in 2021, but I believe that God is gonna do some incredible things in this new year. The last time we were together, uh, before Christmas, on the 19th of December, um, I shared about ending a season as you walk into a new one. And I made this statement in that message. I said, the way that you end a season is the way that you will start a new one. We talked about not pulling the plug too early on the, the previous year as we get this anticipation that builds up on the inside of us to walk in something new. We, just, we, were, we were talking about making sure that we stay plugged in, we stay connected, so that we don't walk into this year carrying something that we don't need to carry that was attached to us last year. And so it was a fantastic time. We had an incredible service together. Today, as we're two days into the new year, I want to talk about inviting the presence of God to accompany, accompany us as we go forward into something that is new. Inviting the presence of God to accompany us as we go forward into what God is doing in the new year. Amen? So before we go too far into the message, I just want to give a moment and pray. So Father, I thank you. Thank you for what's about to take place in this room. I think that when your word is shared, (laughs) your power comes. Your presence fills this room. Scripture says where two or more are gathered, so are you in our midst. And so I just thank you. I thank you that this isn't a normal Sunday. This isn't just the first Sunday of the year when we just make the decision to go to church. But this is a moment and this is a Sunday where the spirit of the living God, it comes and he makes his home within us and makes his home around us. And so I thank you that you would begin to fill every single aisle, that your presence would go before us. You would fill every single aisle. Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes and our ears to hear you, to see you in a new way. I think that you have things for us in this year that are far beyond our imaginations, far beyond our expectations. It is not outside of who you are to do above and beyond. You are an above and beyond God. So I thank you that in these moments as we share and as I share that you would anoint my lips, you would give me the the, the things to say, the thoughts to have. We bless you. We ask, Father, and we expect that you would get glory in everything that takes place in the next few moments. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I don't believe that any of you came into this room or any of you came into the new year expecting nothing good to happen. And if you do fit that description of expecting nothing good to happen within the new year and you're in this room, well, the God of all hope has a history of showing up in this room. So expect your situation to change by the end of the service. Amen? 
I feel like that's the way that we need to start living. That when I walk in these doors or when we walk into the presence of God, whether it's here or whether it's in your house or it's in your closet or it's in your car, the moment that you call on the name of Jesus, we have this expectation that everything changes around us because that's the God that we serve. And that is the type of faith that he asks us to activate. Just speak my name and watch the darkness tremble. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that because it speaks of the truth of what darkness does the moment that Jesus enters the room. And the moment Jesus leaves your lips, the moment that you put the name of Jesus on your lips and you release it, things shift and things change. And so I'd, if you came in this room not expecting anything, I believe that, that if you'll just for a moment give, give the slightest bit that you have to God, I guarantee he's gonna do something. I guarantee you he's gonna do something. I guarantee you, I will bet money on it, he's gonna do something. If you'll give him the slightest bit of what you have, he'll do something. He did it for me. <laughs> and if he did it for me, I know he'll do it for you. But we serve a God that is in this room, and we serve a God that is the God of all hope, and I, I, I thank him every day that he has this great history of showing up on our behalf. But as we start this new year, I want us to be very aware of the gift of the presence of God that we have access to. The gift of the presence of God that we have access to. I'm praying that, that you have the most favor that you've ever had with God, you have the most favor that you've ever had with man, you have the most favor in your job, you have the most favor at school, you have the most favor in your relationships than you ever have. And why can I expect that and why can I pray that? Because we serve a God that doesn't run out, period. He never runs short. He's not this kind of God that you have to approach him in a way where it's like my issue is not that big and their issue is really big so I'm not gonna ask about mine because you have bigger fish to fry. He's not that kind of God. He's one's like, you know what, their issue might be bigger than yours and yours might be this small in your eyes but I wanna do that one and I'm gonna do that one. I'm gonna do that one while I'm at it. I can do all of the things that I wanna do if you'll just, if you'll just expect me to do it. So I'm praying that you have the most favor that you've ever walked in in your whole life. I know that sounds cliche, but it can become the reality that we all get to walk in. As we start this new year, I want us to be very aware of the gift of, of the presence of God we have access to. In Exodus chapter 33 is where we're gonna spend the most of our time, and you don't have to bring this on screen yet. We're gonna spend a ton of time in Exodus chapter 33 and Exodus chapter 34. You're like, that's a really interesting group of scriptures to start the new year off in the Old Testament. Some of us are like, that's old and we don't read in the old, we just read in the new. But we're gonna spend time in Exodus 33. Moses said something extremely interesting that I, I want us to, to take some time to focus on this morning. But in Exodus 33 verse 15, he told the Lord this, if your presence doesn't go with me, do not send us up from here. Now just to give you a little bit of background of what was happening, much like us, the children of Israel were on a journey. Now their journey looked completely different than our journey, but yet it was still a journey. And before this moment happens, before, before Moses says this to God, what you need to know is that the children of Israel had been led out of Egypt, and God comes to, to Moses and says, okay, here's what I need you to do. You're gonna lead them into the land flowing in milk and honey. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, gets the Ten Commandments. God literally inscribes on these stone tablets with his finger the Ten Commandments. This is a pretty precious thing, right? Then God gives Moses the law. Moses gets the, the plans for building the tabernacle. All of these things happen while Moses is on the mount with the Lord. 
while Moses is in the presence of God. Meanwhile, the people, they get, they get a little antsy. They get a little bit impatient. They go to Aaron and they say, okay, here's the deal. Moses left us. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to build us a God, an idol, so that we can serve it because Moses abandoned us. So Aaron, in all his wisdom, whatever he was thinking, I have no idea. He takes their gold rings, he takes their gold earrings, he takes all of their gold jewelry, jewelry, he puts it all together, puts it in a furnace, and he fashions them a golden calf. And the people of God, the, the children of Israel, they, they bow down to this golden calf. They worship this golden calf. They celebrate this golden calf. They even thank the golden calf, and they give him credit, or give it credit, for leading them out of bondage in Egypt. While Moses is on the, on the mountain, God's like, hey, so FYI, uh, hey Mo, your people down there, they're at it again. This is what they're doing. They've created this God. They're serving a false God. Moses then goes down off of the mountain, has a moment of flesh, breaks the tablets that have the Ten Commandments on it, takes their golden image, grinds it into dust. And this is where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 33. Moses says this thing, and he says, because what God has said in this moment is like, hey, they've committed such a sin against me that I need you to still go, but what you need to understand is I'm not going with you, because if I go with you, I'm going to kill all y'all. <laughs> y'all are on my nerves, basically. Yeah. Y'all are irritating me, and so I'm not going, and Moses says, Moses builds the, 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 the tabernacle of meeting, the tent of meeting, and he has this communion with God, and he has this, this conversation with God, and all of these things happen, and finally God's like, okay, listen, I'll, I'll go with you, and I'll give you rest, because Moses is like, well, how is it that they're going to know that we're your people if you don't go with us, and how is it that this is going to happen if you don't go with them? He says, okay, wait, I'll, I'll go with you, I'll give you rest. That's when we read this moment where, where Moses said, if your presence isn't going to go, don't send us, and I want us to have that attitude in 2022, if your presence isn't going to go with us, please don't send us. If your presence isn't with me, I don't want any part of it. And I believe that, that Moses' response came from Moses' understanding, I don't have it in me to lead these people. I don't have it in myself to lead them into this place, so I need the presence of the Almighty to come alongside me and actually lead me step by step into what, God, you have promised me to do. I was preparing for this message, and and I was thinking about the presence, and I was thinking about the presence of a father, and what the presence of a father does to a young child. And I was reminded of the story, I've shared this story multiple times, uh, but I, I was reminded of the story when Presley, my 12-year-old daughter, she's our oldest, when she was just gripped with this fear and anxiety at night when she would try to go to sleep, and she, she would just come into the living room and she'd cry, and I've shared this story a bunch of times. And it was just this gripping fear where she would literally just not be able to, she wouldn't be able to go to sleep. She couldn't control her tears. She was just deathly afraid. And night after night, she would ask me to come into her room. See, because there's something about when a father shows up in the room that you can start embracing and you, start, you can start encountering things that you're afraid of. And before you know it, as I would go into her room, she became more confident because dad was in the room. <laughs> it's like having the big brother almost. Or having the person when you're, when you're going to get into an altercation and you have the bigger friend and the bigger friend shows up at the right time, everybody starts backing off. This is kind of how this thing was happening with Presley. It was like when dad showed up, 
she automatically had this new confidence to step into her room where she felt and saw the footprints of something dark in her room. Outside of my presence being in the room, she was deathly afraid. With my presence in the room, she was strong and willing to face it. And that's literally what the presence of God is. It is literally the person of God showing up for you. How many of you like for the person of God to show up on your behalf? I, I constantly am like, yes, Lord, I will take all of that that I can possibly get. That's what his presence is. It's him going with you. And so when I make a statement like Moses did, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me, what I'm actually saying is, I need you to come because I know that without you, it's just going to be me. <laughs> and if it's just me, I'm, all I'm doing is building an eventual mess. <laughs> all I'm doing is, is prolonging something that's going to be terrible. So I actually need you. And so this is where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 33. And so we're going to read the end of Exodus 33, the beginning of Exodus 34. It's all going to be on the screen. And we're going to go on a little Bible reading scripture journey. Y'all okay with that? On the first Sunday of the year, you need to fall in love with your Bible in 2022. Amen. Okay. Exodus 33 verse 12. I'm going to reading out of the New Living Translation. It's going to be up here. So it says, one day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Then the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me on me and on your people if you don't go with us. I love this right here. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all of the other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Verse 19, the Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you for I will show mercy on, to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one can see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face you will not see. Okay, now I'm going to skip down to Exodus 34, verse 1. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on, the same, I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets that you smashed. <laughs> it's like, I remember that, Moses, FYI. You smashed them. I'll do it again for you. Just don't smash the second set. Be ready in the morning to climb up on Mount Sinai and present yourselves to me on top of the mountain. Yourselves to me on top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or the herds gaze near the mountain, graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two, two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. 
and he called out his own name, Yahweh, just like he said he was going to. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not execute, I'm sorry, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren to the entire family. The entire family is affected, even to the third and fourth generations. Moses, in verse eight, immediately Moses therefore threw himself on the ground and worshiped, and he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. And the Lord replied, listen, I'm going to make a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I'll perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in the earth or anywhere in the nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. Skipping to verse 28. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. And all that time he ate no bread and he drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the two two stone tablets inscribed uh, with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face became radiant because he had spoken with God. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. Verse 31, but Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them the instruction the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with him, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove that veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him. And the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would not put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. I know we just read a lot of scripture and I want to point out a few things of what we just read. And the first thing is this. At one point Moses makes this statement. The presence of God among us sets us apart from all the other people on the earth. The presence of God among us sets us apart from all of the people on the earth. The presence of God on your family, the presence of God on your children, it's amongst your children, amongst your family. It sets your family and sets your children apart than all of the other people, from all of the people on the earth. This is a profound statement that Moses makes. We have to understand that when I go and I invite the presence, not only am I going alone, I'm going with the God of angel armies. I'm going with the God of all hope. I'm going with the God of all peace. I'm going with the God of all power, the creator of the universe. And it sets me apart from all of the other people that I'll encounter. This is just a right, and this is what we should understand that we're clothing ourselves in the moment that we call upon the name of Jesus and ask him to go with us. The second thing I want to point out about this is abiding in the presence of God will cause you to lose sight of yourself. Abiding in the presence of God will cause you to lose sight of yourself. This is a good thing. Because sometimes we think and see too much of us. Sometimes we think, talk, act, respond, and live for us. And any time that I'm in his presence, 
I'm losing sight of who I am because I'm encountering all that he is. In his presence, we're getting to learn and lean more into who God is, full of compassion and mercy, as the scripture has said. We're experiencing his lavish, unfailing love and his forgiveness anytime that we're in his presence. All of a sudden, we're so blinded by him that the focus moves off of our insufficiencies and they move on, the full, on to the fullness of everything that God is. It said that Moses, he wasn't aware that his face had changed. He was so blinded by the goodness and the compassion and the mercy of God that he didn't even recognize the fact that his face took on a different complexion. That's where I want to live in this place of knowing that I was so I was so in the middle of God's presence that I came out looking different to the people around me. I came Notice who he came out looking different to. People that had been in sin. People that weren't walking in the holiness of the Lord. They instantly recognized Aaron and the rest of the people of, of, of Israel. They, they instantly, they had just finished worshiping the calf. They instantly see the holiness that is on Moses from being in the presence of God and they had a different response. I want that in my life. And it's not a shame, it's not for me to shame someone, it's for me to walk in the ministry that God has given us all and that is the ministry of reconciliation when I'm in the presence of God I lose sight of who I actually am in the presence of God you are transformed in the presence of God you are transformed Moses' face became radiant because he had spoken with the Lord because he had been in the presence of God the, the skin of his face became brighter and brighter as he was in the presence of God. So brightly that these people, like I said, they didn't come near him. I think that is so incredibly powerful that they, 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 they kept their distance from Moses because what was on him now. So Moses literally puts a veil over his face so that he can talk with them and they'll commune with him and then he pulls it off when he's in the presence of God. Why? So that more of who God is on, more, more of who God is will get on him so that he goes back and he can lead them in a different way. The thing about this whole situation, when Moses comes down off the mountain, this is what I want us to understand. Moses came down off of that mountain not just having been in the presence of God, he came down anointed by God. I say, well, that, it doesn't say that. It's not what it says, Cody. This is exactly what happens. God's anointing is the manifestation and the result of his presence. God's anointing is the manifestation and the result of his presence. God's anointing is his power. I can't do the things that I'm called to do if I don't have God's power on my life. You can't do the things that you're designed and destined to do if God's power is not on your life. How many of you think that Jesus operated in power? How many of you that Jesus said, the, the miracles that I did, they were great, and greater miracles will you do because I go into the Father. If we're gonna do greater miracles than what Jesus did, we need power on our life, and God's anointing is God's power. So when I take this position of, Lord, show me your presence, and then the Lord takes me up on this request, 
And it's within his presence that I encounter him. I encounter his goodness. I encounter his character. I encounter his nature. I encounter all that he is. Part of who he is is rubbing off on me. I go in. I don't feel like a leader. I don't feel like a dad. I don't feel like a, a good husband. I don't feel, I feel inadequate. But I know that I have access. Like Moses, if your presence doesn't go, don't send me. I can't do this alone. So I go into his presence because I need I need to be around him. Just like your kids need to be around you. They need mom, they need dad. It's proven that if a baby doesn't get actual affection, it can kill him at birth. We need this relationship with a mom and we need this relationship with a dad. So as I go into his presence in need of just being around him, I lose sight of me, I'm transformed, and part of who he is is literally rubbing off onto me. This word anoint, the Hebrew word for the, for the word anoint is mashach, and it means to rub in. I probably said that way wrong, but that's the Texas version of the Hebrew word. <laughs> Amen? It means to rub in. The Greek word is chrism, and it means to smear. I want you to think about these two words for a moment. To rub in, to smear. That when I walk into the presence of God, I spend time with him. He is rubbing like oil, like lotion. He is rubbing himself into who I am. All of a sudden, you can't separate me and you can't separate God from me. I walk out in a different power because now I'm anointed by God because I just experienced who he was. Now he's given me a little bit of him so that I could actually go forth and do the things that he sent me to do on the earth. I'm smeared in. He's smearing himself into me. If you feel inadequate, if you feel like you have no hope, if you feel like you're not good enough, get into his presence and let the one who is all hope, the one that was good enough, the one that is still good enough, let him rub himself off on you and see how you walk out of that room. There was a young worship leader that was doing some youth stuff with us and and he's a super talented kid and, and he would just tell me, he's like, I asked him a question. I'm like, so, so what did what'd you do to prepare today? He's like, well, I rehearsed my songs and I, I warmed my voice up. And I said, so how, how much time did you pray? Like, well, I, I, did, I didn't. I was like, so when you lead, do you feel God's presence on you? No, I just, I just feel like I'm playing a song. I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in the room, the back office. Do not leave that room until you feel God's presence on you. Well, how long is that going to, I don't know how long that's going to take. But the good news is you're here and you have time. So go in the room and don't come out. Don't open the door. Don't go to the bathroom until you know that God is on you. Why? Because we can't afford to do this without God. The people that are counting on us that you don't even know the names of, that are next to you at red lights and they're standing behind you at HEB, they can't, af- they, they can't afford you to just try to do this on your own. Midland, Texas can't afford for you to just try to wing it in the power of who you are without God. We are, we have been in the places that we have been without God because so many of us lean on just who we are. You might be a good person, 
But the truth is, without Jesus, you're absolutely nothing. Let me wrap that up in a warm, loving blanket for you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. But with God, everything shifts. Everything changes. All of a sudden, you're slaying giants. All of a sudden, you're at roses, and you hear that somebody's arms hurt, and you lay hands on them, and they get healed in the middle of the restaurant. All of a sudden, they go back, and they tell 10 of their friends what happened. Who knows what the conversations are still going because of one act? Like, you don't get to see the lasting impact, and it doesn't. It shouldn't necessarily be the reason that we do anything. We should literally just say, I want to do this because God said I could, and he's waiting for me to do something. I say this all the time, God is not going to make you do anything. He's just waiting for you to do something. And he's waiting for you to say, I'm not going if your presence doesn't go with me. Will you come? Will you rest on me? So when I'm in his presence, his power is rubbed off and smeared into every fiber of who I am. Now, this isn't a one-time trip. This isn't this isn't just a one time I was in his presence, I'm now anointed, and now that's it. We have to go back and get the daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We have to go back into his presence regularly so that he is coming upon us more and more because how many of y'all know we need all the transformation we can get? Because we could leave church, feel all good, somebody could cut us off one time on our way to Roses, and the anointing is out the car. It is gone, it is down on Andrews Highway, still rolling. So I gotta go back, and I gotta let the Lord's compassion and his unfailing love and his unfailing kindness work on that area of me so that he's grinding and smearing more of himself into that area that got so mad so fast because it took me an extra 10 seconds to get to roses. <laughs> You're like, don't talk to me like that. That is who I am. Just don't say anything, just look forward. Nobody will know it's you. It's totally fine. <laughs> when I'm in his presence, I come out in his power. When I'm in his presence, I come out in his power. This is so exciting to me because I desire that, that people encounter the God that is in me and their lives are changed forever. That is my number one desire. I desire that when people encounter me, they actually encounter God and their life is changed forever. I'm so thankful that there was a person once upon a time in my life that had that perspective. If I can just get if I can get Cody around me and I can get him to where I know God shows up, Cody's life will never be the same. And so my number one desire is literally, Lord, do something in me. Help me operate in your power so that when something happens and when the atmosphere changes because I'm transfigured and, and I'm transformed in this moment, when I'm transformed, it points them to you because you're the, actually the only one that can sustain their life anyways. I'm like, okay, well, this all sounds fantastic, and I understand that like sometimes when we're in church, there's this great barrier, there's this great divide that we all fall under. And it's like we see that there's an imaginary line from those doors all the way across this room, and you're like, everything that you're saying sounds fantastic, but I think it's only available for someone that has this position up here. God didn't die so that pastors could preach messages. He didn't send Jesus 
to the cross so that I could have a microphone on my ear and look cool. Not like Garth, but kind of more like Britney Spears. Um, he didn't die for that so that I could just preach a message to you and then you just have the expectation that I'm the only one that actually gets to walk in it. Or Keith is actually the only one that gets to walk in it. Or Braden or Stephen Frederick, whoever you love, they're the only ones that get to do these things. I remember when I wasn't on staff here at this church and I remember when I was working in construction. My heart was, God, I want to be in your presence, come out in power, because I want the world around me transformed to go after you. And so I remember, literally, I, would, I worked in home construction. I, would, I walked out of a house one day. I'd, I'd checked this house that had been framed. We were fixing to call it in for inspection. And I walk out, and this plumber that I had talked to all the time, he was a plumber's helper, literally was limping around, and I'm like, what, are you, what happened? He's like, well, I fell out of the truck. And Joe probably remembers these things. I would come into the construction office. We worked together. And I'd come in to start sharing stories. He said, I fell out of the truck and I broke my foot and I, I can't afford to go to the doctor and I can't afford to miss work. So here I am. I said, well, this is not the way this needs to be. And so literally lay hands on this guy's foot and uh, just declare healing to come over it. And instantly he starts feeling better. Three days later, he's completely fine, no swelling, no issues whatsoever, didn't take any time off work, didn't have to go to the doctor, no money out of pocket. He just got healed. Uh, I remember sitting in a construction meeting or a construction, um, we had, it was a team meeting, so basically when the person is getting ready to build their house, we're going through all their selections, all their things. I'd never met this homeowner. He walks in on crutches, full cast, had had surgery uh, to completely repair his knee, and uh, his, his healing was delayed. He was six months behind in his healing process. And so I said, hey, we did the whole meeting. I was like, this is probably unprofessional. I don't care but there's something going on in your knee that shouldn't be going on anymore. I believe that God can heal you. Will you let me pray? Reluctantly, he says yes. Why? I don't know, because he just wanted healing, I guess. Obviously, he's like, this is too far. I pray. Two months later, he's completely healed, no issues, no crutches. Um, this happens anywhere that you'll let it happen. You're like, well, God is actually the one that lets it happen. He's waiting for you to do something. He's not going to make you do anything. The moment that you're like, I'm going to go in and out of the presence and I'm going to expect that as I go in and out of the presence, I'm becoming more and more anointed and more and more rubbed in of the presence of God and the power of God on my life. I'm saying yes to anything that you want to do in my workplace. I'm saying yes to anything that you want to do in the gym or yes to anything that you want to do in the airport. The moment that you get into this place of yes, he wants to do something. My question to you is this. Two questions. Do you want the presence to go with you? And do you want his power working in you and on you for the sake of others? It's two simple questions. As you go forth, do you want to go forth in the presence of God? And do you want to go forth in his power? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.